Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch, sponsored by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don is in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio, and I'm on the road again. So we're doing the uh, remote pod this week. But uh, sounds like we've got all the uh, technical challenges under control, and I think we got a pretty good thing going here. And it sounds like uh, um, we got a really exciting podcast this week. So, Don, how's your week been going? It's been great, Tori. Thanks. Uh, again, I always complain about the heat, but I'm excited that we're in the, the tail end of our summer and things are going well. Thanks. Yeah, the uh, uh, end of the summer is pretty much uh, sneaking up on us here pretty quickly. And then uh, here in Georgia, that means uh, back to school ball. And for the rest of the country, um, except for the couple of states that play fall high school softball, they'll be heading into the fall season of either travel ball or uh, or hopefully for some of the kids, maybe some other sports and something else that they can do to um, break up their uh, break up their training a little bit, maybe with a little volleyball or soccer or something else during the fall season. Something a little cross training would be nice for sure. It's always a good thing, but uh, it's been uh, a great summer. A lot of great softball has been played. A lot of stuff's been going on. A lot of exciting stuff to talk about this week. So we're going to start off with our shout-out segment. Our shout-out segment is sponsored by Da Vinci's Pizza. Don, you want to tell everybody about the best pizza in town? Absolutely. Da Vinci's Pizza is located at 4200 Wade Green Road, and their phone number is 770-392-392. 8989 and if you uh, go to the store or give them a call and order a pizza and mention everything fast pitch or fast pitch prep uh, they'd be excited to give us all a 10 percent discount need everybody local here to go check it out absolutely it's uh, great that uh, we're getting the support that we are and uh, da vinci's has been one of our longest uh, supporters and we're very excited to have their support and we would love for you to support them as always as we uh, kick off this uh, podcast we always want to ask our listeners to please spread the word and help us continue to grow everything fast pitch the numbers continue to grow up uh, we we gain every week we're obviously getting some help from our listeners and uh, and other people we're working on some things with facebook and some other options to also get the word out and to help a few more people find out about everything fast pitch but if you could ask your friends, people that you know are fast pitch fans, uh, players, coaches, um, anybody that uh, that loves this game, if you could ask them to give us a chance, uh, take a little bit of time and listen to everything fast pitch, hopefully we'll be able to convert a few more uh, regular listeners. And uh, again, we're excited to see the numbers uh, heading in the right direction. Uh, we're excited to see the fact that our reach now covers the entire United States and, and several, uh, several foreign countries. So that's all very exciting, but we would love to see those numbers take another big jump so please ask your friends uh, to listen to everything fast pitch Uh, we really do appreciate your help so in our shout out segment this week don i'm gonna change things up just a little bit normally we do our player of the week and uh, we we love the player of the week as a, as a, a way to recognize the successes of a player um, or two on the on the field of play but this week i've just uh, um, kind of hit uh, a point where i feel like it's time for something to be said so instead of the player of the week this week we're going to have the rant of the week right. and i hope oh, everybody will bear with me um, all of you know i'm a, a old coach old college coach and i've been around the game for a very long time i coached my first game in 1977 um, and sports for girls at the high school were just beginning and I've seen a lot of great things happen. And right now I'm really tired of something um, that uh, I think is a very, very negative thing and something that has um, really got me uh, got me frustrated and disappointed for the coaching profession. So uh, just this week, Van Studeman, a good friend of mine who was the head coach at uh, Mississippi State University, was fired. And another good friend of mine, Rhonda Ravel, who's the head coach at Nebraska, was placed on administrative leave. And basically without knowing Knowing all the details, um, the story as it's being portrayed and the things that we keep hearing um, are that these are successful coaches who are, for whatever reason, having a difficult time or are, uh, are not changing their ways to match up with the new player, the millennial player. As a matter of fact, there was a quote from the uh, from one of the athletic directors at, at uh, Nebraska um, just the other day saying that coaches who won't change their ways, who will not adjust to the players that they're coaching now, are going to be in trouble. And something about that just has really what, rubbed what, me the wrong way. Tori, what is, I mean, what does that mean? That's just uh, almost it, it's basically shocking. It means if, if you are an old school coach, because I know enough about Rhonda and Van to say this. I think they're old school. I think they hold kids accountable. 
vulnerable. I think that they um, have a standard that they're not willing to give on. I think that there's things that they believe are important to the success of a team and to the development of a player, to uh, helping a player learn life lessons and things that are going to make them successful people in, in the real world. I think those are the things that they all that they do not really well my experience with them both is that they care as much about the players they coach as a human being possibly can but that um, evidently if a player is unhappy if uh, a player um, doesn't like being challenged if they don't like being barked at a little bit if they don't like being pushed outside their comfort zone those players then are free to complain and it sounds like those complaints now either get people fired or they get people threatened with being fired and that to me is crazy and here's why i think it's so sad I think that this trend of coaches being fired or or disciplined for basically being what we've always thought of as just good coaches, right? That that really are um, have proven over the course of time that they care about the kids that they coach, that they um, love the game, and that they they love the fact that they get to impact the lives of young people. That somehow because they're not willing to or not able to um, change their belief system to change the way they want to coach to allow kids to basically um, run the show, run the show yeah. and, and, and to be, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I, I know that there's always going to be instances where there are coaches that cross the line. There are coaches that do things that um, warrant them being fired. And that's always going to be part of the reality of, of the coaching profession. But these two have done nothing in my estimation, except hold kids accountable, challenge them to be better and hold to their standards of doing the things that they think make a good, successful program. Program. You know, not too many years ago, Rhonda Ravel had Nebraska in the College World Series. And as, you know, as, as widely respected a coach as I think there is anywhere in, in America, and for her to be under fire for... Um, you know, because of the complaints of some players and and this you know, the unhappiness of players going through a tough time with a t- with a team that struggled a little bit is just preposterous to me. And I think it's time for us to uh, to just have a heart to heart talk. And I think this is directed towards our parents, towards our players, towards the young people that are involved in this game that listen to this podcast. It's time for us to understand that when we are challenged by a coach. It doesn't mean that that coach hates us. It doesn't mean that that coach is out to get us. It doesn't mean that that coach is a lunatic. It just means that that coach is trying to challenge you to help you to become a better player, better person, a better whatever it is that the, they think that they're um, that they're holding you to a standard is going to help you accomplish. And parents, every time your player calls home unhappy, doesn't mean that the coach is a lunatic. It doesn't mean that the coach is terrible. It doesn't mean that the coach should be fired. Sometimes those coaches have to get after a kid. Here's a a shocker. Parents, those of you that have kids going off to college, your kids are going to do some stupid stuff that they are going to get in trouble for. Sure. That's just going to happen. uh, and, And any coach who's worth their salt has rules about things like underage drinking and um you know things like that that could potentially embarrass the program or um or hurt a player's performance if you think that it's crazy or 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 ill-willed or or mean-spirited for a coach to have a rule or have rules that hold players accountable to things like going to class doing their best working hard competing for playing time fighting you know to earn a starting spot if all of those are supposed to be things that are fireable offenses how many people do you think are going to want to continue to be coaches right and uh, the reality of it is I think that there's an awful lot of us old school coaches and people you know that have been doing this for a while that for the lack of a nicer way of saying it know that what people expect now 
know it's crazy and know that it's not what's good for their teams and not what's good for the development of a program. And um, and if we're getting to the point now where a coach who has standards, who's going to you know hold a player accountable, is going to lose their job just because a player calls home and is unhappy, and then mom and dad or the player uh, make up their minds that they're going to go to the AD, going to go to the administration, and um, complain about that coach. And if coaches like Ronda Ravel and Van Studeman cannot get support from their administration because a player or two is complaining, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And it's a terrible thing for the future of coaching as a profession. Now, I know that there are younger coaches that are a little bit more um, in tune with the millennial thought process, but even those coaches eventually are going to have to have standards and they're going to have to hold players accountable and they're going to have to make decisions that say, okay, they expect me to win, which means I'm going to play my best players and somebody isn't one of those nine. Sure. So all those things are going to happen again, even with young coaches who are you know, more in tune and, and, and get the younger player. So um, it's time for us to just have a heart-to-heart talk. We need to start to understand that athletics were are designed to teach kids lessons that prepare them for life. Athletics is is part of the curriculum at a high school or college because of the things that that those kids can learn by being part of those teams and part of those programs and having those coaches challenge them and push them. And we are totally destroying that opportunity. And it's heartbreaking to me. Now, you know, Van's uh, been fired. They've already announced who her replacement is, you know, a young go-getter assistant coach who I'm sure, you know, the, the players love right now so far right. that I bet you a million dollars a year from now some of the same players are going to be bitching about what she's done and what she does and the things that she's said and because the players right. have understood that they're in charge you know the customer is in charge and this kind of comes back to the administrators i don't know how many administrators we have listening to this program but i'm going to tell you athletic directors you need to start thinking about what your coaches need as much as you're thinking about what your athletes need. Well, Tori, and as, we as need to start thinking about supporting our coaches as much as we want to uh, support our athletes. As you're saying all this, Tori, the accountability and the rules and the standards and guidelines and all these things that you're saying that uh, our college coaches are imposing on our players that might be uncomfortable, that might not be uh, as as exciting as they want it to be at that time, but they're, they're learning a routine and, and what they're going to uh, do and how they're going to act when they get into the business world after school they're going to they're going to see how the 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 more they rant and rave and and um, cause chaos that uh, you know that that ends up being favorable for them at least in the environment they're in now and I think right. and that's going to be a shock when it doesn't, yeah, no, it, when it's it doesn't working work later now they complain yeah. to the athletic director and the coach gets in trouble or the coach gets fired so they think that that means that that they're always going to have that power well I might be crazy, but I'm pretty sure that very few companies, when an uh, entry-level employee says, my, uh, you know, my supervisor's a dumbass, I don't like them. My, my supervisor's a dumbass, they make me meet deadlines. My, my, my supervisor's an idiot and, because yeah. um, they think I should come to work on time or that I should come to work sober or I should you know, be able to do my job. Right. I don't picture that there's very many uh, upper level uh, management people at, at, at these Fortune 500 companies that listen to that employee and go, you know what? I know you've only been here for a little while and you really don't know anything, but I respect your opinion so much that I'm going to fire your boss and put you in charge. No, and it's Tor- easy. Tori, it when, when we, it's not the real world. Tori, when we were coaching at the universities, um, there, there were very many times that business people would talk about how they would hire a college athlete over someone that was not a college athlete, everything else being even because of the fact that they can work within a team, they can meet guidelines, they can, you know, follow uh, rules and, and be a productive member of a group and all these other pieces that, uh, you know, college athletes are proving that they can do. And this kind of takes away from that. No, it absolutely does. And I think that's, you know, obviously I'm mad because coaches that I really respect and coaches that, that I consider to be good friends and are being put in a really job. bad position. Yeah. And, 
and, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt, if I had a daughter who was a college-age student, I would give a kidney to have them coached by either one of these two coaches. And those are, and I've those been are... around them enough. I've seen them coach enough. I've talked to kids that have played for them in the past. And I know that you know the vast majority of people who have come through these programs absolutely back and support these coaches. So the fact that a couple of squeaky wheels are getting all this grease and, and causing all this havoc is just very, very scary to me because I'm starting to, to believe that very few coaches are going to be willing to or able to be successful and, and want to be successful in this kind of environment. You know, just this last weekend, I was co- you know, coaching our team out at the Triple Crown Nationals, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And a very prominent coaching friend of mine who's um, you know, got a great job and has, is certainly one of the most respected coaches in America, and I were, were chit-chatting a little bit. And she asked me flat out, and she said, would you ever get back into college coaching? And I told her, absolutely, there's no way. I would. Now, I don't think that that's a, a, a likely opportunity, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I, there's not enough money in the world to convince me to put myself back in a situation where um, this kind of thing is going on. And again, you know, it's just two great coaches, you know, two people that I think are great people that are good coaches that have, you know, that I know their hearts in the right place and that they're trying to do the right thing, you know, to see one get fired and to see one in a position where she might be very soon. Um, it's just very, very heartbreaking to me. So we, we, we need to change this trend. We need to stop thinking that the coach is always wrong. We need to stop thinking and saying and running to, um, you know, to the next person up the food chain um, every time a player is unhappy. Players, you need to suck it up. And when right. that coach gets after you, maybe you deserve it. Maybe you need it. Maybe it's important. Maybe you don't realize it today, but maybe you will someday. And so, um, and administrators, we've got to start supporting our coaches like we're supporting these kids. If we don't, 10 years from now, there's going to be a handful of people that are still loving coaching. And right now, I think there's an awful lot of people that are coaching because they don't know that they can do anything else, but not because they love it as much as they did five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Sure. And that's, that's kind of disappointing to me, kind of heartbreaking. So, so that's my rant of the week. <laughs> that's um, a good and, one. Though. And, and as we speak, like I said, I know Van's already been replaced at Mississippi state. Good luck. Yeah. Because I, I'm going to just tell you right. flat out and, and we can mark this episode. We can put this in highlighter. We can come back. I'm going to I'm going to bet you a hundred dollars that a year from now or two years from now, we're going to hear the same complaints at Mississippi State about this new young coach that the kids supposedly love today. Sure. And 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 if Rhonda does not survive this and gets replaced at Nebraska, we can add it, make it a double or nothing. Well, Tori, and, I know and there's unfortunately, a handful. Unfortunately, I think we could also look at about 380 other Division One programs and find the same thing going on, and that's just really, really disappointing. I've so, heard, I've heard um, of a couple. So I appreciate too. everybody yeah. giving me a chance to vent a little bit because obviously um, the old coach in me, with uh, a lot of coaching friends um, still out there in the trenches, fighting for, you know, fighting to do things the the way that they believe is the right way, um, is just it was important for me to to get this off my chest. So, Don, I appreciate your you're giving me the the opportunity because I think it's important. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to uh, hopefully help make a change and yeah. There's and, there's and a I would love to groups. hear yeah. feedback. If you know if you're one of those players that's complaining because your coach is a crazy lunatic, let's talk about it. Let's you know let's take a good hard look at what it is that you think they're doing that is worthy of you wanting them to be fired to change Let's their talk livelihood. about it yeah. i mean i and and you know explain to me what it is that's happening that is so terrible that ronda ravel needs to be fired sure and and if you can convince me i'll come on board but I don't think I don't think you can. So, but anyhow, let's move on because that's enough heavy duty heavy dutyness for the first uh, fifteen minutes of the podcast. Um, next part of shout out is our listener question, and this listener question comes to us from Cameron from West Cobb. Cameron's question is: I'm a junior college player. How much help should I expect from my col- my junior college coach in contacting four year schools? 
So, Tori, that's a great question. And uh, we're excited for Cameron to get a chance to play ball, you know, after her junior college experience. And um, for her to do that, uh, it's looking like she's going to have to definitely be a big part of that process. And absolutely. Um, so for her to uh, for her to make sure that she's doing everything she can, at least we're putting ourselves in the best position uh, to secure that next opportunity. I know a lot of times the uh, the more successful a junior college is, the easier it is for some of the bigger um, or the the secondary schools, four year schools, to um, notice them and find them. But uh, if we're at a junior college and working hard, whether it's to uh, further our skills or improve our grades, we need to make sure that uh, we're taking advantage of reaching out to those schools and, and being sure that they are aware that we're interested in them. Just like, right. just like well, the original Well, and junior college recruiting. can be a great stepping stone for certain players. You know, the thing about junior college that I've always told, told kids is that if no, no matter what, it's it's a great opportunity because if if nothing else happens, at least you get to play two more years of softball, and chances are you're going to get some sort of financial support to help make that possible. So junior college is at the very least two more years of softball and two more years of having a chance to stay involved in this game. If your goal is to use that two-year school as a stepping stone to get back to a four-year school, it's great if you're playing at one of those high-level junior college programs nationally recognized because a lot of their players are already on the radar of a lot of schools. But no matter what school you're at, you can still market yourself. You can still do a lot of things for yourself to get your information out to uh, the four-year schools, just like you could have, should have done on the first time through the recruiting process. And again, we'll we'll talk about our recruiting seminar here. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm most proud of is uh, our online recruiting seminar that's available on our website at fastpitchprep.com. Um, kind of gives you a really good step by step guideline for a player and her family to follow as they work their way through this recruiting process. And a lot of those same things that we would say to a 17-year-old high school player, we would say to a 19-year-old or 20-year-old junior college player. But the junior college player needs to get involved. They need to um, contact and work as hard as they can to reach out to um, the college coaches at the schools that they're interested in. And depending upon the college coach that you contact, their, their attitude is going to be one of two things. There are some college coaches for your schools that love junior college transfers. There's others that see them as a stopgap or a problem solver or somebody to fill in a need that maybe they didn't expect to have or didn't realize they were going to have in their regular recruiting. You know, maybe they lost a player to transfer. Uh, maybe a player got hurt. Maybe a player got married and decided to quit school, um, whatever it is. But so um, the two-year players can be a really valuable asset to different programs at different times. But the only way a player is going to know that is if they're getting busy, you know, and they need to be sending the emails, sending the video clips, sending the schedules. Um, if it's a school that's fairly close to the junior college that you play at, um, I would strongly recommend that you convince your junior college coach to schedule a fall game with that four-year school. Sure. Um, you know, we used to do that all, all the time as a recruiting tool when I was at Tennessee Tech and at Kennesaw um, to schedule junior colleges during the fall season because it would give us a chance to see those players up close and personal and see how they competed against our kids. At that and that level, would give us yeah. a really good indicator of how they fit might fit into our program. No, I think that's awesome, Tori. And uh, the more they can stay active with their college coaches currently, the better off they're going to be. And um, they've all had contact with a lot of schools as well. So if you make sure that you show that there's an interest there, that they'll you know hopefully do a little more legwork for you too. Yeah, and I think that um, for Cameron or any other player that's looking to advance, you know certainly you know as you were recruited by that junior college, one of the things that you talked about was you know that coach's connections, how hard that coach would work for you to help you um, find a four-year option, um, you know all those kinds of things. And now is the time to revisit that and and you know find out what that coach can do or is willing to do for you, and then you know use that as um, a supplement to what you should be doing for your 
yourself. Um, I tell players all the time, and this is one of the things that always aggravates me the most. It's your recruitment. It's your career. You need to be the one doing the majority of the work. You need to be the one in the trenches, you know, sending out the emails and doing that stuff. But I think it's great if you know that your junior college coach is willing to call schools for you. If you, you know, if you can set it up with your junior college coach, that you're going to give him or her a list of, you know, three schools or five schools or 10 schools that you are really interested in and see what kind of relationships they have with those coaches. And if they'll help you, you know, continue to work on, you know, getting noticed by those schools, you know, then I think that's a great supplement. And I think that if you work really hard and you, uh, you know, do the right things, if you follow the guidelines that we lay out in the uh, recruiting seminar, I think a junior college player has got a, every opportunity and a great opportunity to make it back to a four-year school and end up finishing their career with two more years of softball. Absolutely. I think that's great advice for sure, Tori. I like it. Well, Cameron, thank you very much for the question. We really appreciate uh, you getting involved with the pod. And uh, there is an Everything Fast Pitch t-shirt in your future. Uh, We appreciate you uh, contributing to the show. And we want you to have that t-shirt as our way of saying thanks and a way for you to help us spread the word and to uh, advertise a little bit more uh, to your friends and people that you know that uh, uh, Everything Fast Pitch is is a part of your life. So we really do appreciate that. So that leads us into our uh, first topic of the night, Don, and our first topic today is sponsored by B. Samson Inc. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about B. Samson Inc.? Absolutely. B. Samson Inc. is our uh, special. They specialize in interior trim. They do windows. They do doors, custom closets, coffered ceilings, built-in bookcases, crown molding. They do post and beam ceilings, and they will meet or surpass any of your woodworking needs. They're located in Loganville, Georgia. Their phone number is four zero four. Five six nine five zero three four, and you can also find them on our website at fastpitchprep.com and uh, and or contact us, and we can make sure you can get in contact with them. I'd love to I'd love to find somebody that's uh, been able to use them and and let us know how things go. Yeah, no, if, if certainly if if you reach out to or have contact with any of our sponsors, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, Gives us a chance to um, remind them that uh, that their partnership with us is is uh, clearly paying dividends, and uh, um, you know for some of the uh, uh, businesses you know that are just fast pitch fans that you know they're they're part of the podcast because fast pitch is important to them. And Brett Sampson is certainly an example of that. You know I think it's ironic that he's sponsoring this segment uh, because the segment is about the Nationals, and his team is uh, out in California right now um, competing in the PGF uh, 12 and under nationals awesome. and uh, hopefully going to do a great job out there. And he's, he's been involved with Georgia impact now for many years. His older daughter Haven um, also played for impact. Um, and so um, he's been around the game for a long time. And, and part of his motivation, I think for working with us is just that he loves the game of fast pitch softball. Mm-hmm. So, so Don, that leads us to uh, another discussion about uh, the uh, travel ball national tournaments. Um, we spoke about that a little bit last week. And I just wanted to add a couple of things um, from a personal perspective and then uh, you know, just a couple of things that I think are important for, for players as, uh, um, as they finish up the summer season heading into the uh, end of the summer and into the fall. Um, you know, the Nationals are you know, the, the culminating event, I think, for, for all travel ball teams. And it doesn't really matter what national tournament it is, whether it's PGF or ASA or um, you know, the USSA uh, or honestly any of the other organizations that sponsor national championships. The Nationals are, are the highlight, the, the pinnacle of your event, a um, pinnacle event that you're you know, working all year towards um, and, and hoping to finish with a bang. Um, I think that teams fall into a couple of different categories. There's, there are some teams that go to a national championship at the end of the year with clear intentions of thinking that they can win a national and that they can be national champions. And I think there's other teams that go to nationals at the end of the season as a reward for um, the season, kind of a capping event. You know, they're going for the experience of playing in something that's a big national event, even though they might not be going to that event, expecting that they're going to have a chance to win a national championship. And I think for all teams, uh, whether you're in the group of people who legitimately think you have a shot at winning a national championship, or you're just in the group that uh, is going just to participate and say that, hey, we finished 
finished up our year playing at PGF or we finished up at USSA or we finished up at Triple Crown. And to have that as a, a cornerstone that you can hang your hat on and say, OK, we, we you know, had a great year and, and we finished up you know, at the Nationals. Um, I think that um, what we want to make sure is that everybody understands that whichever group you're in, that's still supposed to be a very important thing to you. And it clearly should be an important thing to your team. And um, and what I wanted us to talk about is I think that it's uh, as we move forward, again, another challenge for our players and families that listen to this. Don't sell yourself or sell your team short. Don't go into a national championship event thinking that well, we're going to go zero and two and be done, or we're going to lose out early and go home. Um, you know, to see people um, selling themselves and selling their team short by booking airlines um, that uh, and flights that get them out on Saturday instead of Sunday, or Friday instead of Saturday, or people um, planning family vacations that start a day before the tournament ends or the, you know, two days before the tournament ends because they have it in their head that somehow their team's not going to make it to the finals. I think that's a really bad, bad choice. And, um, you know, personally, I think that uh, seeing players and families make those kinds of decisions, seeing players and families decide that going on vacation is more important than being there for the last day of the tournament is really kind of heartbreaking and, and disappointing. And, and again, I don't want to say that, you know, people going on vacation is wrong because everybody has the right to go on vacation. But I think when you could choose to leave on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday instead of while the tournament is still going on, I think that's a choice that we need to talk about and something that, you know, that sets um, um, a tone for how important that team is to you. You know, it's hard for me to be, you know, uh, to believe somebody's serious when they say that this team is really important to me, but then they choose not to be there for part of the national tournament. Right. Which is supposed to be the big event. Now, you know, maybe something comes up and that thing got added, you know, a week before or two weeks before. But I, you know, I've seen now, you know, in this last couple of weeks, where teams that have known for months and months that have worked and and scratched and clawed to qualify, that uh, you know, that know that this is going to be our big event at the end of the year, and then to hear that you know players are are leaving early to go on vacation or leaving early to go to the beach or you know booked a flight to leave early because they didn't think the team was going to make it to the championship or the championship round. That's just really disrespectful, in my opinion. Well, Tori, I think that's really uh, a challenging thing for everybody, for sure, because everyone has worked all year long for that, you know, that final uh, run at uh, a big weekend or a big week. And it is very disappointing. And it's kind of, in my mind, a little bit of the commitment that we make at the very beginning. And, you know, if I joined a team... I'm supposed to be in it until the very end. And that's irregardless of our opportunity to win or, um, and I know it's a financial, uh, it's a, has financial implications for all the families and, you know, things do come up and stuff like that. But, the the, I've got my scholarship, so I might not attend that. And, um, you know, all those things really break my heart because there's a lot of kids that, uh, poured their heart and, and soul and time and energy into, uh, getting to where they're, they're at that day. And, um, for some to skip out on it, it makes it really tough. And, yeah. you know, I don't know how to get away from it. I don't know how to solve it yeah. except for us to talk about it because I think yeah. we need to get people's attention and, you know, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You joined this team because you wanted to be part of this team. If you're going to be part of this team, be part of this team until this team is done playing. Right. Whether it's, um, you know, you know, skipping out because you've decided something else is more fun or more important or. Um, as we talked last week, going to a national tournament, spending your whole time trying to figure out what team you're going to get on next year. Either one of those, I think, is really disrespectful to the players that are your teammates and the families that are supposed to be your friends that you've you know all been through the you know through the grind of of a season with. And I think that it's it's you know, it's time for us to start to think about if you made a commitment to that team, if you made a commitment to those players, um, you need to see it through all the way to the end. And if that means you don't go on vacation this year, then suck it up, buttercup. You don't go. 
right? It means that you don't, um, you know, that you have to, you know, spend another night at, in the hotel um, because your team did lose on Saturday, and, and you know, you, you you decided to book a flight expecting to play in the championship instead of expecting to lose on, you know, Friday or Saturday. Well, then, you know, find something else to Go do, something and do to some other fill your time, yeah. do a little sightseeing, do a little shopping, do a little something. But don't sell your team short. Don't leave your team hanging in the lurch. And it's very disappointing to me um, because I think of the kids that are there busting their asses, doing everything they can to try to keep their dream alive, minus key players from their team. And that's more challenging than anybody could have to overcome. Right. Yeah. And. You know, it's, it's great if you've got a lot of depth. It's great if you've got a lot of talent. It's great if you've got a great backup. But no matter what, when you're not there, you hurt the team. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, you hurt the team. I mean, and, and that's that's true if you're the occasional pinch runner. You know, that That's true if you're the fourth pitcher. It still hurts the team when you're not there. And if you're on the team, be on the team. If you're on the team, be on the team till the team's done. And then go on vacation, then go on your trip, then, you know, go home and then find your new team for next year. If that's, you know, the other thing that's on your agenda, but don't sell your teammates out. Don't leave them to do your work when you've supposedly been part of this team and, and you're telling everybody how important this team is to you. Um, you, you, you don't have, I don't think that uh, you have the right to do that to people that you're supposed to be um, teammates with and that you're supposed to be you know, close to. And Tori, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the teams that end up winning, and it might not even be end up winning this year, but the teams that end up winning are the teams that do exactly what you're talking about and what we're, what we're trying to advocate is that they stick together and they finish it um those teams that are champions at the end they're not part of a team they're not you know a portion of the group it's the group and they stick and they make it happen right that's how you get it done and again it kind of comes back to you know some of our other discussions you know my my earlier rant in this podcast yeah Uh, there's things that we're supposed to learn from being on a team and sometimes being on a team means i don't I have to sacrifice something else for the good of the team. Not getting everything I want. Yeah. Instead of me getting what I want, I'm going to do what the team needs. And this kind of thing is I get what I want and screw the team. That's just there's no other way to say it. And that's unfortunate. Again, I think it's a really bad message, and we need to change this trend. If you're on the team and the team's playing in California, don't go out there thinking, well, we're going to go 0-2 and and we're going to be coming home on Thursday, so I'm going to book a Thursday flight. Go out there thinking, all right, we're going out there expecting to, you know, to have a great week and I'm gonna have faith in my team and have faith in 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 and 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 show that I believe in this team. I'm gonna book my flight for Monday morning so I can be there no matter what happens on Sunday. And guess what? If something happens and you get knocked out, then change your flight. Right. But don't go the other way. And then and then expect people to believe that you somehow are committed to the team. It's just you can't have it that way, or I don't think you can have it that way. And and the other thing that I'm I'm you know having a hard time uh, you know, believing is if that person's college coach comes up comes up to me and says, "Well, hey, where's so and so today?" I'm going to tell him the truth. On vacation, as a coach, you know, she decided that going on vacation was more important than being here today. Or she decided that uh, our team wasn't good enough, so she already booked a flight. She's already on her way home. Or maybe didn't make the trip. Yeah, or or yeah, and that's the other one that happens. You know, this time of year, you know, decided yeah. that you know we weren't worth it, and and bailed out on the whole trip to nationals. So, and all, again, all of those things, you know, I, I understand that you know that occasionally something happens. You know, sure. somebody gets sick. You know, God forbid somebody dies. Somebody's in an accident. Something comes up that you have to leave early, or you cannot make a trip. But when you purposely book something, plan something, arrange something to not be there when your team is expecting you to be there, that's just weak. Yeah, no, that's a, a tough message for sure. But and, and we need, we and, need to stop doing that because the team needs to have the team. You owe the team more respect than that. And part and of that, 
part that's of, just the reality of it. Part of this conversation, Tori, for our younger listeners or younger listeners' parents is that these are the things that are coming. You know, we're starting to branch off into travel ball. We're starting to branch off into showcases. And, you know, they're starting to get to that point where some of these things are going to be the activities they're in. These are the pitfalls and these are the, the conversations that need to be had, um, you know, as a group or definitely with the coaches and then the coaches as a group um, with all the parents so that we can avoid some of this stuff. And, right, um, you know, whether it's signing, <laughs> signing some kind when, of team contract it, or making... Yeah, I was, I'm sorry, Don, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to yeah. say, and if you don't want to be part of a team that's planning on winning a national championship, that's fine. But you can't be one foot in, one foot out. Right. You can't be on the team when it's good for you and then not be on the team when the team needs you. Sure. And that's not how it works. (laughs) Of how you know younger players and younger families should start thinking about this because it's going to be on their horizon too. If they're lucky enough to, you know, fulfill their dream of of earning a college scholarship or getting an opportunity to play college softball, they're all going to face the same question that that teams have been and parents have been facing forever. Well, we've already got what we want. You know, we've already reached our goals. Why? Why keep doing this? You know, what, what's what's the, what's in it for us if we keep doing this? Well, what's in it for you is the fact that you're part of this team, and if you're part of the team, then again, it should be all the time, not just when it's good for you, <laughs> or or you're not really part of the team. Then you're just like a mercenary that's just trying to get whatever you can out of it. And if that's your your situation, if that's how what your attitude is, then just tell the coaches that going in. Sure. When, when you really need me, I'm not going to be here because no, there's nothing in it for me. Well, and, there, and then see how that sounds in the real world. There, there's a lot of, uh, you know, back office things that coaches and, and people are doing for a lot of these athletes, too, that, you know, might even be unknown to them most of the time. And for that to be the, the end result is that you're going to leave them high and dry is a pretty tough, pretty tough deal. Right. So, so again, parents, players, those of you that are, are listening to this podcast, it's not meant to be, you know, for me, Tori but, and Don Downer yeah. day, but, um, but please think about this and start making some plans. If you, if you are on a team and as you work your way up towards the higher age groups, or you're in a little bit of a tough situation with your team or something just isn't quite as convenient as you thought it was going to be. And, and, and you're not, you know, as excited about or as enthusiastic about the idea of going to the nationals as you once were, you still made a commitment. I think you should honor it. And I think if you um, want to learn the valuable lessons that we keep talking about, athletes should be learning. Sometimes it's just suck it up, sweetheart, do what's right, even though it's hard, even though it's not as much fun as we thought it was going to be. So, so that's, um, you know, the thing we wanted, I wanted to make sure that we talked about today. Um, Again, I think going to the nationals is an amazing experience. Our team uh, finished third in the triple crown nationals. Um, Our kids played their butts off. Um, We ended up again for the second time now as, as we wrapped up this, uh, this season, finishing third and losing in the semifinals to the team that won the championship. Uh, it happened to us in Colorado, and it happened to us here at Triple Crown. Um, but now our season's over. Our kids are all done. Our college kids are getting ready to head off and uh, and start their college seasons. And uh, you have a couple of kids that are finishing up. Uh, uh, they have one more year of high school and that uh, are still looking for schools to play at. So uh, you know, shift our gears and hopefully help them. But this was, uh, again, a totally different experience for me. You know, as a college coach, you always had years where you would lose your senior class. You know, the seniors would graduate and you'd lose three or four or five kids. Well, this year, for the first time ever, you know, we played our last game and this team ceased to exist. Right. That's so... You know, I mean, it's gone. Totally it's done. It's 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 never more. Yeah. No. That's. Uh, and I think, that, I think I, that added to my frustration with the fact that we did not have everybody with us that was on our team days before and months before. Right. That makes it so. Tough. It makes guys, it tough. You guys did really it well, though, Tori. A, a kind of a bitter, bittersweet experience. You know, I mean, I love the kids and, and really enjoyed um, getting to coach them and work with them and get to know them. But it was really kind of a weird thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this team's done. It's like, okay. So, so but, but what's Tor- next? Tori, I was going to say, too, though, you guys uh, had, had awesome seasons leading up to it, had an awesome season this year. And congratulations uh, to you as coaches, the parents, the players, and everybody. It's had to be a really 
really neat experience overall. No doubt about it. It yeah. was it was fun. So yeah. so that leads us into our next topic today. Our next topic is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. Don, tell us about Elite Sporting Goods. So we've got Elite Sporting Goods, and they have uh, all types of equipment. They've got apparel. They do uh, team package deals. They do um, you know just anything that you can imagine in terms of your sporting goods needs for uh, for softball. And they're located at nine oh five Grayson Highway. In Lawrenceville, Georgia, 30046. And the phone number there is 678-377-0270. Or you can contact them at EliteSportsOrder at Yahoo.com. Very good. And we appreciate the support of the people at Elite. Of course, just like all our other uh, sponsors, uh, Elite is owned by John Stewart. John uh, is also the coach that I worked with with our Atlanta Premier gold team that just finished third at the Triple Crown Nationals. And uh, um, we'll be heading up to Johnson City here in a couple of days um, with our 10 and under team trying to make some noise up there. And then that will be the end of the summer for us. So, But we had a little bit of a discussion last week about the uh, uh, topic of tryouts. Now that we're heading into the end of the summer and it's time for players specifically in our part of the country but i'm sure in other parts of the country as well to figure out where they're going to be playing next year and the question that keeps coming up is what kind of impact will it have what kind of influence will it have on my ability to be recruited if i pick a certain travel team you know the the i guess the uh, um, question revolves around if i'm not on a high-powered big name team does that negatively affect my recruiting so don i think this is a a worthy topic and one that we probably will talk about fairly often my opinion is really simple i think players need to understand that um, picking the right team for them is way more important than worrying about a team and a team's reputation being able to help them in recruiting. I think that it's crucial for players and parents to start to look at what's the right fit for them. Where where are they going to be the happiest? Where are they going to have the most success? Um, where are they going to you know be able to fulfill their individual goals? A lot more so than worrying about whether or not picking school X or I'm sorry, team X is going to help them get to a certain school on the recruiting end. So I think that's so true, Tori. And, um, you know, the, the, every, everyone listening here in their particular area has teams that are considered, uh, you know, the higher, uh, higher echelon or the, the bigger groups. But, uh, you know, we, often emphasize that we would like for everybody to get an opportunity to listen to the recruiting seminar that's at the website, fastpitchprep.com. You can find that stuff and learn so much about the recruiting piece. And I think that will help, uh, you know, many of the listeners um, feel comfortable in making choices that might not be in the direction of, you know, those elite teams in their area. If they follow the guidelines, um, that you very well lay out in those uh, recruiting seminars, that they're going to have great success and and have every opportunity to to be recruited just like anyone else. A lot of times, uh, you know, we feel like that's that's a half do piece for us to be on those on those teams, but. Um, I think that we're going to grow as athletes and enjoy the whole experience as families uh, if we make our choices a little bit more like you just mentioned um, in regards to what fits us best. As a, and and that, that experience to me is worth more than, um, you know, than just being a part of some of those big groups. And that's not to, to minimize the, the excitement and the efforts that those groups put forward to because they do a great job. They really do. And, uh, you know, to, to be a, a player that's doing the legwork that's described in those seminars um, is going to give them every bit of a chance, uh, you know, every bit of the same amount of chance to, to be a part of a college opportunity as, um, you know, pushing so hard for being in one of those groups. Yeah. Well, there's there's a whole lot to this decision about what's the right team for a player. And uh, the one thing that I caution people is that a lot of times what happens is people that are a part of those high level programs do a really good job of spreading the word about how much it means to you to be part of what they're doing. And how it, you know, how valuable it is if you're on their team or part of their program or part of their organization. Um, but the thing that I caution everybody to think about and, and to make sure that you're, you know, thinking logically is all that is is a sales pitch. 
to convince you to invest your time and your money in their organization. And, you know, here in our part of the country, and I know this is true every place you go, there are softball organizations now that are for profit, that are big business, and that it's beneficial to them to have more teams, more players, more kids paying fees, more parents paying dues, more teams paying registration fees, because it's good for them financially. And so I think they do a great job of of stumping for their product and trying to convince people that there's some sort of amazing extra benefit for being able to say that you're part of, you know, program X, you know, travel team X. Um, But the reality of it is that there's for many of those organizations, their product is so watered down that being able to say that you're part of that organization doesn't really mean anything to college coaches anymore. You know, if you're on the absolute flagship team for one of these national organizations, uh, college coaches know that they know who those teams are. Sure. But you know, we, you know, we can you know pick um, you know, any one of the the national groups now and be able to say that if you think that being on the team that's really famous in California but now has teams in Tennessee or Georgia or Florida or Maine or Michigan that being able to say you're part of that organization when you're not part of that flagship team, I think you're hallucinating. I think that you've really been misled. And I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to, you're going to send, you know, uh, some random person who you'll never meet, um, you know, a monthly check or an annual check um, that's good for them. That doesn't really lead to the return that you're looking for um, from a recruiting standpoint. And I've been saying this for a long time. And, you know, again, the people who are stumping for and and trying to promote the idea of why these national organizations are so important are going to, you know, argue it like crazy. But the reality of it is the name on the back of your jersey is way more important than the name on the front of your jersey when it comes to recruiting. Of course, assuming that you will do the things you need to do to get that name, your name, the name on the back of the jersey, in front of college coaches. And Don, I appreciate you talking about the the recruiting seminar. I'll talk about it a little bit too. If you follow the guidelines, if you do the things that we lay out for you in that recruiting seminar, you could be playing on you know the the, the fictitious team that I always laugh about. I always you know tell people I'm going to start a team called the Convicts, and we're going to you know use all the old travel ball rules. We're going to spell it K O N V I X. And we're going to get orange jumpsuit uniforms, and we're going to look like we're the road crew you know, out there, uh, you know, with uh, you know, from the state prison. And, yeah. and everybody's number is going to be seven seven six nine seven nine five four three two. And if you're on that team, which is clearly meant to be a joke and a spoof, but you're a great player and you follow the guidelines and you do the right things, guess what happens? You're going to have a college coach coming to watch the convicts. Right. Play. And you're going to have a college coach or two or three or five get to know you and follow you and decide that they're going to be the first person to sign a convict. Right. Absolutely. And that's just the truth of it. But you've got to follow the guidelines. You've got to do the right things. If you do the right things, then the only name that matters is the name on the back of your jersey and the name that's on the email and all the other stuff that you're sending to these college coaches. But you got to follow the guidelines. Otherwise, yeah. and, otherwise and you got to you're do gonna the work. Misled. You're going to have to do some yeah. work. But here's the reality. Yeah. Being on one of these big name teams is not going to help you at all if you don't do the work. No. You, you, you know, the college coaches don't just miraculously show up um, to watch you play because you're on big name team X. So you got to you got to invest the time. You got to you know, in, invest the money in the recruiting seminar. You will save yourself thousands of dollars on fees, on trips, on camps, on all kinds of things that without knowing better, you're going to throw money away on because somebody else who is supposedly an expert who doesn't know their butt from a hole in the ground is telling you that they should do that you should do these things. So Tor- Let, trust, 
we know what we're talking about. I was going to say, Tori, on the website, it's very easy to go to and take a look. You can watch a preview of any of the, there's four segments in there. And like you said, it's extremely affordable. I mean, they, uh, it, it's a have to. If, if your interest is to play in college, there's no reason at all why a person shouldn't check those out, make some notes, watch it a second time, review it, and follow the guidelines and be comfortable knowing you're doing everything you can to, to be in a good position for your recruitment. Right. And then the, the bonus is... Then, then when you're sitting around at the ballpark talking to other other players, other parents, um, and, and sharing your experience, you can also be the knowledgeable person who knows what it really takes, who can start to end some of these misconceptions and some of this misinformation that has thousands of softball families wasting thousands and thousands of dollars. And some of it is tied to the teams that they choose. Some of it is tied to the choices they make about camps and those kinds of things. Uh, but but it's important to us All of that we can help, those, you, help yeah. you not be the next te- next person who wastes several thousand dollars. You, you know, there, there's the number of softball families who waste a year worth of tuition listening to people who pretend to be experts who don't know much or anything at all is unfortunate. And we just want to help make sure that that stops happening. Well, and Tori, in, in that is, uh, you know, advice on helping to pick the proper school so we don't make those bad choices. All of that right. information is in there. Because yeah, my other ra- weekly rant about the uh, uh, transfer portal, if you all follow our guidelines, we don't have to worry about you ending up there. Right. It'll, <laughs> it'll trim that up. And Tori, a lot of, a lot of times too i talk to groups and and coaches that come in here to train um, talk to them about having a, a team setting where they have some pizza they talk about recruiting they watch the seminar and uh, and all all the kids then have an idea of what's expected of them and you know have a, a path to the journey that they need to be on to um, you know to fulfill those goals Right. Well, and, and one of the recurring themes and things that uh, I've been writing about uh, on the website recently is knowledge is power. The more knowledge you have, the more powerful you are. Confident. But you have to have knowledge that's legitimately founded in reality and experience. The unfortunate thing about recruiting is there's all kinds of people who think they have knowledge that are misinformed. Sure. And so we continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. Invest in the seminar. You'll be happy you did. And that will help you pick the right team, pick the right tryouts to go to, and and be on the right path um, to finding the right place to play college no, softball. So absolutely. Um, tryouts are important, but choosing the right team is, is less crucial. Um, cho- choosing the right team is the most important thing you can do. And it's not as crucial to recruiting as some people are going to try to convince you. Absolutely. No, they so gotta go that, check that's going to lead us into our listener question. Our listener question this week is sponsored by Kennesaw Mattress Outlet. Tell everybody about Kenny Abernathy. All right. We got Kenny Abernathy. Abernathy is the owner and uh, operator of Kennesaw Mattress Outlet. And uh, they are located at 2953 North Cobb Parkway, and that's in Kennesaw, Georgia. And that's uh, 30159. His phone number, and again, it's Kenny Abernathy Abernathy at 678-324-6323. Get in touch with Kenny, and he's very knowledgeable about all the latest technology in your uh, uh, mattress world, and uh, he'll do a great job. Mention that you heard about him through us here at Everything Fast Pitch, and uh, he'll make sure that he takes great care of you there at, uh, at his store. We appreciate it. deal. Yep. Well, our question this week, Don, comes to us from William in Pennsylvania, and William's question is, what are your favorite drills or games to use to have players compete or perform under pressure during practice. So, William, we appreciate uh, your question. Um, William's one of our uh, most loyal listeners and has contributed to the podcast many times, and we really do appreciate his passion for the game of of fast-pitch softball. And I think this is a great question because one of the things that I think is – really, really lacking for many of our players and in many of their situations is competitive 
things to do in practice. So my favorite competitive drill is something we call Survivor. Um, everybody's watched this show. You know, it's a it's a cult classic now. Survivor's been on TV almost 20 years. But the way Survivor works, you can use it as on offense or defense. You can use it for pitching. Um, but basically, we will set a standard, set a target, and have the team compete. So my favorite place to use it is in hitting. And so basically what we'll do is you know, we'll have all the kids line up and they get a swing. Now, they don't have to swing at every pitch, so they have some control. But if they swing, the swing that they take has to perf- uh, result in whatever that standard is. So usually it's a hard hit line drive. Um, you know, it might be, a, you, know, uh, you could do it to uh, hit behind the runner. It's got to be a ball that gets hit to the right side of the field. You could do it for a squeeze bunt that it's got to get bunted. But basically in Survivor, you get a pitch, you take a swing. If you hit a, hit a hard ball, hit a hard line drive, um, you get to stay in the game you go to the end of the line if you hit a pop-up or a weak ground ball or a swing and a miss you are voted off the island you are out of the line you're out of the game and you get to become what we call perma shaggers and perma (laughs) shaggers job is to go out there in the outfield and shag balls for the people who are still competing everybody's having fun right and we, we keep going until we have one survivor left, just like on the TV show. You know, you got to get down to the one person that wins the contest. Um, and so we, we do that a lot for hitting. Uh, again, now you can do it in, uh, in other areas, too. You could have your pitchers compete, and maybe they have to. Uh, um, have you seen this new bottle cap thing? Not the sure. The bottle cap challenge? No, no. Oh, the, you, you love this. I just saw it on TV or on, t- on uh, Facebook the other day. Right. Um, using a water bottle. The idea is to spin the cap off the top of the bottle. There was a girl that did it with a pitch. So she threw the ball that was so close to the top of the bottle that it spun the cap off the top of the bottle. No kidding. Yeah, so so you know, I thought that was a, a really interesting uh, challenge. If you look on Facebook, you can find it pretty easily. Um, but so you could do something like that with your pitcher. So let's say you put a target, and uh, uh, you know, have them line up, and uh, if you hit the target, you're in. If you miss the target, you're out. Cool. You know, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that you could do Survivor with the bottle cap challenge because nobody might ever. <laughs> you might be there in. a while. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so I like Survivor. So, William, that's my my uh, suggestion for you. Survivor is a great competitive drill, gets the blood pumping, gets the kids excited and again, puts them under a little bit of pressure to perform. So I love I love the hitting part of that, too, Tori. And uh, I'm going to throw one out there for bunting. I know a lot of times at the end of a, a workout, um, everybody's cooling down. I like to. Uh, you know, split groups into two and and work on bunting. It's kind of a pet peeve for me. Um, as much as I love for the kids to hit, uh, really need for everybody to be able to bunt. And uh, we'll we'll send kids up one from each group if they. And it depends on the age of the group and their their uh, ability to to get bunts down. But they'll get ten pitches, and it could be if they don't get five down that everybody on their team has to do push ups or sit ups. Then the next person from the other team goes in and vice versa, back and forth. But uh, to continue to make it challenging for them, you know, you can set the bar a little bit higher and um, make them work through that. And then for the fielding piece, that's uh, where we would we'd line the group up against the fence. We'd start on the left side of the line, hit a ball to them. If the ball gets through, they've got to go back to the end of the right end of the line. So they're, you know, kind of working up the pyramid. And uh, then you you would hit a ground ball to the next person. They block it up, keep it in front. They get to stay right where they're at. But And then we'll move to the next person to the right and uh, kind of work through the line that way and, and see who can uh, endure, uh, you know, maybe five or, or ten times through the line. And it can be exciting for them. And th- those are a little more casual uh, end-of-the-day workout type things, but that could be fun. Yeah, well- well, I think competitive drills are always a good idea. Your bunting one made me think of another one that I've done. We call it target bunting. So we will yeah. uh, come up with a target. Usually it'll be a bucket or two. And maybe we'll put a bucket uh, in the uh, alley between what would be the pitcher and the third baseman and put another bucket in that alley between the first baseman and the pitcher and have each team come through. Um, and uh, one, you know, each person's got to execute a bunt that hits that target. You know that you know that uh, touches that bucket. Um, I've also seen people do it where they'll move the buckets closer, and you try to bunt the ball into the bucket. Sure. 
And so, but I, I again, you know, make score. it competitive. Yep. I'm the team that has the most successful targets hit out of one time through the line. You know, they they are the winners, and then the non-winners do jumping jacks or push-ups or run or to the run to the whatever. foul pole and back. I like the conditioning. <laughs> yeah, and then and then once uh, you know you've determined a winner from round one, then you can you know have them switch sides and and. You know, do the challenge again um you can also incorporate the pitchers you can use your pitchers in in target bunting um and then you know they're they're part of the challenge is they win if nobody can hit the bucket sure so, so they're doing the best they can to make good quality pitches um you know if if they can get a pop-up or they can get um you know something like that that, that that's their their goal to try to win the contest so but if they walk them they got if they walk them they got to run tory <laughs> oh yeah no, and, and again competition is a beautiful thing um you know one of the things we talked about several times already this year is how um too many kids don't know how to compete and i think if we can do some of these competitive things in practice um it it, it makes it feel more game-like makes it feel more um you know like the pressure of performing when when everybody's watching you play and it it tough the kids up a little bit so that the competition on game day doesn't uh, doesn't scare them as much so but william we appreciate the question uh, we're going to be doing a, another listener mailbag so we've got a pretty good pile of questions now uh, um uh in the file that we'll be working on and so we'll do a, an episode here in the next couple of weeks it'll be nothing but listener questions but we're really excited to have uh listeners like william contacting us and sending us questions if you do contribute uh, to the show um there is an everything fast pitch t-shirt for you um and again as always we're hoping that you will contribute if you have suggestions uh for player of the week um if you have suggestions for an idea of something that you would like us to talk about if you have a specific question that you would like to ask anybody that we use on the podcast we're going to send an everything fast pitch t-shirt to you um, and again that's our way of saying thanks but it's also a way for us to get our logo and our our information out in front of a, a bigger group of people uh, from you know from different areas and different places and uh, uh so it's it's definitely a win-win situation so please contribute i was gonna say tori too on our website we've got a, a an opportunity where people can buy some fast pitch prep t-shirts from, Absolutely. From, from other places and uh you know that yeah. would be fun you might not uh, be interested in sending in a question but if you wanted to uh, check out or get some of the fun t-shirts that we've got online that would be great too Perfect. Well, uh, and and as always, we hope that you will check out our website. It's fastpitchprep.com. It's where you can find the recruiting seminar that we talked about a couple of times this week. Um, as Don mentioned, there's T-shirts for sale. Um, there's well over 400 blogs that cover every possible topic you can imagine. Um, our link to our YouTube channel, which has a bunch of videos of uh, different drills and skills, things that you can use uh, to help your team. And so I think uh, you know the fastpitchprep.com website is a great resource. And as always if you have questions suggestions or ideas you can reach out to us at either fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com and if you can reach out to us at either place again with suggestions ideas or comments we'd love to hear from you as always we hope that you will rate review and subscribe um, to any of the different uh, podcast server servers um, where you can have access to everything fast pitch and as we uh, asked you earlier in the in the uh, podcast today Please ask your friends to listen. Uh, help us spread the word. Uh, there's a lot of information and, and uh, things available to you through the podcast and through the website. And we're looking to share everything we can with as many of our listeners as possible. So I was going to say too, Tori, we've got uh, obviously the people listening here have the podcast uh, available to them. But if they wanted to share it with someone else, there's a great uh, podcast opportunity there at the website where they can just click in if they've got a friend or a family member um, that, yeah. that they think might enjoy. They can send them there. Yeah, one one click and you're at the you're at the podcast. So, Absolutely. well, Don, anything else this week? No, looking forward to another great week, and uh, we'll get back to everybody in a week. Sounds good. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode of Everything Fast Pitch. Um, we truly do appreciate your time and effort and interest in this game and in our podcast. And we'll look forward to uh, talking to you soon. And uh, we'll be back in touch next week. So for Coach Tori in his living room and Coach Don at the Cherokee Podcast Studio, uh, Stan Lewis helping us uh, um, uh, in the studio, uh, we say thank you very much. And we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again next week. 